everybody, it's David Chuddick here with Parallel Financial. Today's episode will be really geared towards the business owners. So we're talking with Andy Pooser about all things 401k related. So if you've ever had any questions about 401ks, how they work, what they are, what the rules are, this episode is for you. We hope you enjoy. This is the Weekly Wealth Podcast with certified financial planner, David Chuddick where we discuss the wealth building mindsets and tactics that can help you to build and maintain wealth for you, your family, and your business. To this week's episode, and we're really excited to have Andy Pooser with us uh, this week. Andy uh, and I, we work together on 401k qualified retirement plans for, uh, for, for businesses. So, Andy, tell me just a little bit about yourself, uh, maybe personally, and, and also uh, how long you've been in this business and uh, what, you've, what you've done in the industry during your career. Great. Thanks, David. Um, I have to kind of chuckle when I hear you say excited about 401k plans because my family immediately starts licking to the floor. Um, they're, they're young adults now. I've got a, a daughter. I can't believe she's 20 years old and she's at the University of Richmond. And I've got a son who's rising senior next year at the local high school so they're certainly young people um and i don't know where their career paths are going to take them but they uh they chuckle at me cracking out in these irs books and looking at tax code <laughs> so that's the world of the 401ks so if they didn't think um, that you were a loser enough when they see what uh, as their dad so uh when they see you studying the irs <laughs> code then you're even even more of a geek too but but we're right. actually in a little bit of a similar situation i have a 17 year old and it's just it's amazing to you know you see some of the baby pictures and now you know he's going to be a senior in high school and then i have uh, twins who are going to turn 13. So it, it's, oh, wow. it's amazing how, how they just, they grow up so quickly. So, but, um, yeah, mm-hmm. so. well, good deal. Um, in, in terms of the rest of your question, I've been, um, working with retirement plans for 26 years. I got out of school and wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do and just started working part-time with a, a company that did bookkeeping for retirement plans. And it ended up being, more and more responsibility, more and more work, and it's something that uh, I, I like to jump around to a lot of different topics, and this certainly has a lot of avenues to explore, so whether it's accounting or finance or HR. So it's, um, it's something that I've been doing for, for a while. And it's, um, the, the main thing I enjoy is the bulk of my customers, as you and I have seen with who we work with, they're small business owners. They're mom and pop entrepreneurs. And it's refreshing to be able to help them run their businesses and see them enhance their ideas with some additional benefits for themselves and their employees. One of the recurring themes that that I come back to just as a financial advisor is a lot of the smaller businesses, you know, they start off as, let's say, I love baking cakes. So somebody starts a cake shop and they really like baking cakes but then they grow to where they can't bake all the cakes. So then they have to hire someone. So now they become a supervisor and then they grow a little bit more and then they have to figure out how to provide some employee benefits and retirement plans. And then they have second and third locations. So now they have, now they're basically a property manager. And what happens is a lot of small business owners, they just don't deal with their own stuff. And then you, mm-hmm. know, you blink your eye and 10 years pass, 20 years pass, 
and you never got that 401k set up or you never got some benefits set up and um, and then, you know, maybe you, you don't have uh, the right amount of money set away when it really was just a few minutes, maybe in the beginning to, to get started. But a lot of a lot of business owners are just stuck working in the business, not on the business and, and retirement planning and benefit planning and 401k planning is certainly uh, working on the business uh, as opposed to uh, as opposed to in the business. So, so yeah, so you and I have worked together on, on, on a few 401k plans. And uh, so that brings us really to our first question, because there's probably a lot of misconceptions out of there, but what is a 401k? Um, you know, how does it benefit a business? How does it benefit uh, the team members? And, and who are the parties of the 401k? What is your role? What do you do? What do I do? And just give us that real 401k uh, qualified retirement plan. Uh, you know, uh, one-on-one education for just a moment, if, uh, if you don't mind. Sure. Yeah, I'd be happy to. So when people say a qualified plan, what they are specifically referring to is a retirement savings plan that gets qualified tax treatment by the IRS. So the uh, 401k is a specific uh, citation in the tax code where they allow people to defer money, not take it as um, a cashable paycheck, but defer it into a savings account and therefore not have to pay income tax. Um, and there are a few different types of qualified plans. The 401k is the most popular because it allows people to put aside some of their own retirement savings. It allows employers to contribute, but it gives the most flexibility. Um, oftentimes people hear about a SEP or a SIMPLE those are another type of qualified plan. And think of those as the equivalent of filing out the, uh, the 1040 easy form. It's almost the equivalent of just making a blanket contribution. And while that is easy and has some benefit, a lot of companies as they have employees, they wanna structure this with incentives and they wanna also get the most tax advantage for themselves personally at the same time you need the additional steps that you can take with a 401k plan um, to, to find the right mix of how to set them up. So the bulk of what we do, are we customize 401k profit sharing plans to each individual employer. We look at their particular industry, their demographics, and give them something that's um, a great tax deduction. It's a competitive employee benefit, and it, it, it gives them more efficient use of their dollars than just a blanket SEP contribution. So let me pause and make sure that there are no side questions around that intro. Well, so when you say we design, so what, um, what is your role? I mean, what is your title and, uh, and what do you specifically do and, and what does your company do for, for the employer? Yeah, when an employer chooses to offer one of these, uh, let's talk about who does what to help the employer. So my company is a third-party administrator and you can think of us as a, an accountant a cpa like company that helps set up the plan document provide all the annual notices required testing results the, the annual 5500 tax return signature ready and we also keep abreast of the changing tax code to make sure that our customers get the best uh, consulting around those choices so think of us again as the CPA-like company that helps employers deal with the compliance and the tax qualification for a retirement plan. So and when you say compliance, are there major consequences if an employer 
or where where can the employer have a major screw up if if they're not dealing with a, a good third party uh, um, uh, a, a good TPA? Yeah, I'll give a a couple quick examples. One of the biggest um, areas where the IRS has penalties are where employers don't take the employees' contributions and send them to the investment trust promptly, promptly enough. They have specific requirements for the timing of that. And so if people are out of town, they miss a couple payroll deposits, um, they, they could have penalties and have to make up lost earnings. We, there's a lot of correction work around that. And so it's really important that we help look over the shoulder and keep people um, on top of their to-do list for making employee contributions. Another area is sometimes people will like to do these um, plan offerings where everything is kind of packaged together and do it online. And there may be a couple steps that they overlook because they're not experts in this. Uh, for example, not giving out employees required notices or not. Oftentimes we see people that didn't know they had to submit the 5,500 and it goes a year or two without being filed, and that has tremendous penalties. So it's, it's more about just keeping up with the, the constant to-dos and the checklist uh, to keep the plan operating each year according to the IRS rules. Well, it sounds like anytime you know you get the IRS involved, there's going to be some rules, and not following the rules will have some penalties. So having you to keep people yeah. in line, yeah. I think, is probably a very, very, very worth uh, worthwhile expense uh, for sure. So what, what is my role? Uh, you know, as a financial advisor, let's say you own Andy Poozer's company and you have 75 employees and you're thinking about uh, starting a 401k plan. So, so what is my role? What do I do in the process? Right. So we just stick to that compliance piece and we, we build the employer just like any other service provider. We build the company now, when they offer a retirement plan, they also need to offer investments to the employees and a trust where all these assets can be deposited, and that's protected from creditors. That's separate from the corporate assets. And so we partner with investment advisors like yourselves, who are the representatives that help put that investment offering together. And then you're, you in particular, you're part of a group that is a uh, fiduciary for their customers, and so you have a an independent way to go to the marketplace and pick something that meets all the uh, fiduciary standards on the investment side. And so you have independence, for example, on what investment company you partner with, but you're there to be the, um, the translator of the investment world to the employer and to the employees. Sure. And so we, we, we don't touch any assets. We just help keep score and, and keep all the, the, rule books current basically. Um, I think I also see advisors offering help with the individuals. So they want to communicate the plan to the participants and help them pick their their asset allocation and their appropriate retirement savings goal. But this often leads to other questions about planning. And a lot of times this is the step where people start to begin finally taking an individual financial plan seriously and getting organized. And that's where the advisor can offer additional help. Sure. Well, cause a 401k account for the individual employee is a great thing to have, but it certainly 
should not be the entire financial plan. There needs to be other accounts and other planning outside of that uh, for someone to have a, a very healthy financial, uh, financial picture for sure, without, without a doubt. So, so we just had this thing called the coronavirus, or we actually still have it. And, and um, you know, the, the CARES Act came out and that did a lot of, that put a lot, out a, some changes for 401k plans and, and the whole industry. So tell us a little bit about some of the changes or, or temporary changes that have happened uh, because of the CARES Act to, uh, to, to this industry. Yeah, a little bit ago, you mentioned that um, working with the IRS, there's always going to be that complexity and it's always changing. And certainly this has been a historic example of that. The, uh, the IRS was um, quick to have issued from Congress the CARES Act with a lot of changes that included ways that people interact with 401k plans, profit sharing plans. And so we've actively been advising our customers on what they can do with these changes. And they really focus on two areas. One is what can the participants do who need access to money during these difficult times? And they've made it much easier for participants to get a hardship, which is um, a, a certain approved cash out of their 401k balances. So let's talk uh, about prior to the COVID, let's say I, I work for a company and I have $50,000 in my, in my account, what would have needed to happen? And let's say I'm 40 years old. So I'm, I'm, I'm way below the 59 and a half age and I still work for the company. Right. What would have needed to happen in order for me to get penalty free money out of my account? Yeah, first of all, the, the, the employer in the plan document would have to have rules that allow access to funds. And there are only two ways you can access it without leaving your company. One is what we call a hardship provision, and you have to document the specific conditions around that that are permissible. For example, maintaining your primary residence or the um, uh, medical expenses, uh, which people would run into in this situation, but it has to be documented by the employer to give people access to those funds. And if it's not in the document, that, that feature is not allowed. The other is a loan provision where somebody can borrow up to $50,000. Uh, they have a, a period of time where they can amortize that a certain interest rate, but it has to be paid back through payroll deduction. So those are only two ways you could access it before uh, this situation. And but not every plan out, would have had a loan provision. Is that correct? Exactly. That's okay. optional okay. from each employer. So one of the big changes now is they're allowing people to provide these uh, options to participants and even retroactively amend the plan document, add these rules um, by the end of the year. Furthermore, if prior to this, if you took a distribution and you're under 59 and a half, you'd have to pay a 10% penalty on top of the regular uh, income taxes that, that you owe. So oftentimes people will get a net check for only 40% of their balances, 30% of their balances. Uh, the IRS is now waiving that 10% penalty and the participant can self-document that uh, this was due to a COVID-related um, need. And so those are some rapid changes that have taken place. Um, and we're advising our clients on, uh, on how to navigate these situations. And then on the employer side, um, many employers, we encourage to offer a plan which is called a safe harbor plan. And so if they make, for example, a 3% contribution 
for all the employees, then the employers can maximize their individual accounts and not have to do additional testing. And you're obligated to make that 3% uh, contribution for 12 months. It's a plan year commitment. Well, some of the companies who are strapped for cash now, they're worried about making that contribution. And so they're asking, can they stop the contribution, which there are provisions where that can be done. But what we're finding is, as we dig a little deeper, they're probably better off getting uh, the, the lending that's available, the payroll lending, which can cover uh, qualified plan contributions. Because if you stop the safe harbor contribution, you have to go back and you're subject to that testing, which if you fail, you'd end up having to make a contribution anyway. So we find that it's better for them to take the lending, continue with the safe harbor funding, and move forward with that assistance rather than trying to unwind it and end up having to pay more and then potentially have to make additional corrections from not passing testing. So it's interesting the way uh, this, this puzzle was organized between relief and the consequences. And again, it's what happens when you're dealing with regulation and, and tax code often. <laughs> well, I think the big takeaway though is a business would have the opportunity to have a conversation with you to determine the best course of action as opposed to figure it out, figure it out on, the, on their own, right? So um, exactly. you're certainly more on top of these rules uh, and have more expertise than, than the business owner. So have, just having the ability to have that consultation and, and make the best decision possible, I think is really just shows what the value that the TPA has in, in, in my opinion. So. Well, and it, and it goes beyond that too, just like you see in the investment world, there's nothing stopping anyone from picking up their phone and, and asking a question and getting some type of answer for anything. Um, but if it's complicated enough and you also have to factor in some potential trade-offs, that's where you as an investment advisor can tell someone what you've seen based on your experience in their situation. What I can tell, for example, um, a small dental group, what I see with other dental groups in the area, and particularly if they have groups of employees of certain ages, we start to factor in a little bit more of a consulting approach so they, they get the best benefit of what's between the lines of those online answers. Right. Right. Yeah. And potentially we're talking about bigger dollars depending on the size of size of the company. So let's say I own a company and, and I have several different levels of employees. Can I structure to where different levels of employees and different levels of management get different levels of benefits? And, and even for, for myself as the owner, or if there are any other part-time owners can have different levels of benefits. Yeah. I'll mention a couple general ways. I'll probably, It'll probably make more sense if I do it uh, with an example sure. where earlier I said a, a blanket SEP or simple is convenient, but may leave a lot of design on the table. Um, think about a, a small dental group. You typically have an older uh, dentist, maybe two partners. Uh, then you have a group of staff. You probably have a, a, a three or four technicians, and then you have some office support. And typically, the, the dentists, when they get their practice up and running, get through the first initial years at a dental school, um, then they're in a situation where they can start making some savings and make up for some time where they had the, uh, the college expenses, et cetera, behind them. 
And so they're interested in maximizing themselves individually, starting to put away as much as the IRS allows. They're also usually in higher tax brackets, so their CPAs are encouraging them to start these qualified plans. They can shift some of their tax liability over to some individual savings. And then they want to have um, a, a good benefit for their employees. It, I'm, I'm pleased that I see more people who want to give their employees a baseline of an opportunity for uh, a respectful retirement, uh, but they certainly want the employees to have skin in the game. And that's where the 401k, where the employee chooses to put some of their own money into the plan, um, and then the employer matches and potentially makes some profit sharing. That's where you get that right combination of incentives. And so with that dental group, if we're allowing the two principals to put in their maximum, uh, 19,500 this year, if you're over 50, you can put in an additional 6,500 catch-up contribution. And then you can put in on top of that employer funding, so the individual's total is up to 57,000 plus that additional 6,500 catch-up contribution. So 60 plus thousand a year. And rather than having to give everyone a blanket equal percentage of pay, the rules allow us, if you give that safe harbor amount, for example, you probably only have to put in an additional 2% of payroll, 3% of payroll to give a window where the principals can max out. And I'm not gonna get into the weeds, but there's some allowable back math where we can test the plan. It can pass, but the owners can maximize themselves and roughly put in um, four, five and a half percent of pay for everyone else. And the IRS says, all right, that, that passes. You're giving everyone an equal benefit in terms of what that buys someone in future retirement. Oh, great. Well, and that's, that's a situation where you have a profitable business. What about maybe a smaller business where, you know, honestly, they just want to keep a, keep a benefit and, 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 and do their best to help employees to save for retirement, but there is not an extra $60,000 for, for the owners and partners to, to put aside. Can a 401k uh, plan be, be relatively uh, affordable for, for another level of business? They can. Yeah, and again, to contrast a, a SEP with a 401k with the right design, again, the SEP could have that blanket 3% contribution for all employees. With a 401k, you can put in some um, some conditions. Someone has to be 21 years or older. They have to work 12 months and 1,000 hours within that 12 months, for example. Uh, you start to put some eligibility conditions on. And so if you have a layer of turnover, you don't have to give that contribution for those employees if they don't become eligible. Um, but then for those employees that you do want to reward and retain, you can offer them a 401k and then you use a match formula. And so if I put in 2%, for example, my employer can match me an additional 2%. Uh, but if I don't put anything in, the employer doesn't have to put anything in. And that's where the employer can offer the benefit with the incentives, but not have to give a blanket contribution for everyone and it ends up being uh, potentially much less costly than a SEP or simple. And so that's one way where some of these other industries can put a benefit on the table, but we help manage the cost of it. And there's even a safe harbor match design so the owners can still maximize their individual contribution. They're not committed to uh, being within a certain percentage of what everyone else puts in. So yes, we can tweak this around different industries.
Yeah. So I think the customizable aspect of the 401k is definitely a strong, strong feature. So let's say that, uh, you know, again, I'm, I'm a business owner and, you know, how do I know if my current retirement plan, whether I currently have a SEP or a simple or a 401k, how do I know if, if, if the plan is doing what it should be doing for me? And um, sounds like the cops are coming after you, but that's okay. Yeah, I should have made that IRS too. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, but actually, what we'll do is we'll just, we'll just check that. We'll, we'll edit this out. So. Um, yep. That's right. Give me no, not a problem. About 15 more seconds and he'll yep. be gone. Yeah, not a problem. The joy of technology, huh? We can just oh, edit, yeah. edit out the fire truck. <laughs> so. so you want to pick up with that, start yep. with that question again? Yeah, yeah. So, so looking at if, if I'm a business owner, um, really two factors. How do I know when it's time, um, it, it, when I should start a, a retirement plan? And also, if I have a current retirement plan, and again, it may be a SEP or a simple or a 401k plan, how do I know if those plans are doing what they should be doing for me and my business? Yeah, I, I think uh, there, there are two ways to, to start the process uh, to look into that question. If I'm an employer, I would ask two people. One, I would ask my financial advisor, hey, can you have someone run an illustration to show me what some potential funding would be with a 401k design. And for example, you and I do that uh, for prospects um, because we want it to be a good fit. And if the numbers look good, then we can have an, an additional conversation. But if they don't look reasonable, then we'll tell them, hey, stick with what you have for now. And then also the similar question with your CPA who does your books. Uh, they have a good sense for your cash flows, your tax liabilities, and there there comes a point where, especially now with the new, um, there there are some new tax benefits for pass-through entities like S corps. Um, accountants are pretty active on trying to push people to maximize a qualified plan when the company has enough revenue because this has become one of the few deductions, large deductions that are left after those tax changes. So start with some questions uh, with your investment advisor and with your CPA. They can help connect the pieces, which ultimately come back to uh, a TPA like us doing a sample illustration to see how the numbers look. Okay, and then let's say that I have a current plan. And like anything else, I set it up 10 years ago and, you know, it's just been kind of run on autopilot and, you know, but I don't know. I mean, is it, is it maximizing? Is it, is it doing what it should do for me? Is it obviously my business 10 years ago was different than it is now. So um, how do I know if, if, if the plan is doing what it should do for me? Yeah. The, the cycle of the marketplace is a lot like the computer industry. You know, you may have a 2007 uh, desktop, and it's allowing you to get email and browse the internet, um, but you don't realize that you might be missing out on some potential security. You may be missing out on uh, software that makes you more productive. You may miss out on the much lower cost of getting processing. Uh, the, the speeds and the storage and everything are so much more efficient. And I'm like everyone else, you just get in that habit of 
repeating your your business cycle but you need to challenge yourself to to question that i'd say every certainly every four years because you're probably missing out on something that's much more price competitive and much more efficient and we've seen big compression within the past three years uh, there's been some department of labor changes where they potentially push through stricter fiduciary rules that really focus on pricing in this industry and so if you haven't looked at those costs within four years or more definitely reach out to your advisor and let them do some benchmarking for you so let's say four five ten years ago a simple ira made sense for for a small business just because they were getting started and uh, but let's say now 401k they've, they've become a little bit more complex and there is some more profitability and now for um, so now let's say a 401k makes sense. Do you just discontinue this, the simple IRA and, and start a 401k from scratch or how would that work? Um, yeah, there's a process for that. So you can't operate a SEP or simple and a 401k within the same year. So if you started and made any contributions to a SEP or simple in 2020, for example, you cannot start the 401k until January 1, 2021. And you'll want to have a process um, during the third quarter where you give notices to the employees that you want to stop the SEP simple and that they're going to have a new uh, 401k plan in the upcoming year. And we help draft that information. The other, um, the other thing you run into often as companies grow, if you start to have up to 100 employees or 100 more employees potentially for 2021, you can no longer use a separate simple. You have to use a 401k. So some companies outgrow these if they're fortunate enough to have a quick employee growth. They end up needing to pivot to one of these plans, and we, we help coordinate that process. Right, right. And to help coordinate the process is the part that I like because, again, there's we're dealing with IRS and there's a lot of rules to be followed. And quite frankly, you know those rules and you know the processes better than the, the business owners and HR departments uh, would. So you can help keep uh, keep businesses out of out of trouble. So I think this has been a good general introduction to the 401k uh, markets. It's obviously a lot more complex than we're able to get uh, get to on a general podcast. But what I would like to do is invite anybody who uh, who would like to have a conversation both with uh, with me and Andy, uh, either about their current plan um, or about starting a new plan, to email me at david at parallelfinancial.com. That's david at parallelfinancial.com. And what we can do is we can facilitate either in person or a, a Zoom or a phone call uh, between the three parties, between yourself, between Andy and, uh, and I, and we can just have a conversation on, on what, uh, what your current plan is like, what you like about your current plan, what you don't like, or, or why you might be interested in a new plan. And we can start that process of just discovery and just seeing what, um, you know, what can happen in the retirement space for you and your team and uh, see if we can put you in a better position or maybe you're in the best position that you can, uh, that you can be right now as far as your, your benefit plan. So with that being said, Andy, uh, any closing thoughts on, uh, on the 401k and retirement market? Yeah, I think the main thing is it, treat it like you would any other uh, decision for your company. 
do, do some research, but uh, turn to some experts to make sure that you're getting uh, the right fit that's customized and flexible for your individual company. And I think that applies to picking an investment advisor as well as picking a TPA for your, your plan design. Sure, sure. And I know that, you know, we have several different platforms, so we're not married to any one platform and, and we can, we can find uh, and customize a plan with your help that can help just about, uh, just about any business. So Andy, I appreciate your time and um, hopefully we'll catch up again. Sounds great. Stay well out there. Good deal. Thank you. Wow. So I hope you can see that uh, the 401k world is pretty complicated. That's where the great third-party administrators like Andy Poozer come in to help to navigate the rules and regulations and stay out of trouble. So if your business has a retirement plan and you're not sure that it's doing what it needs to do, or if your business needs to start a retirement plan, uh, email me, david at parallelfinancial.com. That's david at parallelfinancial.com. And we can do some fact-finding and see uh, which type of plan uh, would suit your needs and the needs of your business. Uh, please also make sure to check out our new website, www.weeklywealthpodcast.com. The information contained herein, including but not limited to research, market valuations, calculations, estimates, and other material obtained from Parallel Financial and other sources are believed to be reliable. However, Parallel Financial does not warrant its accuracy or completedness. The materials are provided for informational purposes only. It should not be used or construed as an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy any security. Past performance is not indicative of future results.